Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. New York Rangers in town. It's a game night. Bob Stoffer in Ice District at Rogers Place. Plus nine in Edmonton. It's beautiful. This is Oilers Now. Do you want to tell you the best pizza in the city still making a great Royal Pizza multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you up to 15 now. And Royal Pizza has been a uh, sponsor of my Golden Bear broadcast dating all the way back to the time that I used to do stats for the next gentleman that's going to join us right now. One of the classiest guys in the business and uh, a guy who himself was a huge fan of Mel Allen back in the day, and uh, for those of you that know anything about meatloaf, I I think you would know the connotation there. We welcome back to the show Sam Rosen. Sam, it's Bob. How you doing? Bob, great to see you today. Thanks. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Mel Allen was great, but in the meatloaf song, it was Phil Phil Rizzuto. Phil Rizzuto was in that, and of course, Phil was a partner of Mel Allen for all uh, those years uh, on Yankee broadcast. Yes. So what was is that where you got your inspiration from early in your career? You fell for you you, you fell in love with the broadcasting business. A- Absolutely. Well, I love sports. That's number one. I played baseball through college. I loved sports. Didn't matter what. Went to New York Knicks games. Went to Rangers games. Snuck into to Giants football games which were impossible to get into because they were sold out. But if you tip the uh, the ticket taker, you could get in uh, uh, in the and and just find a standing room spot. But it was uh, it was all sports. And when you reach a level where you know you're not going to go beyond the college level into the pros, the the next best thing was announcing. And uh, Mel Allen was my favorite growing up because I loved. His enthusiasm on broadcast, the excitement of his calls, and uh, it's something that I like to bring to to my broadcasts as well. And I've carried that down through the years because you never know when the next great moment is going to happen at a game. How long have you done the Rangers now, Sam? This is my 35th year doing Rangers play-by-play on TV. Uh, Started uh, doing that in 1984. Prior to that... I was a fill-in on radio and TV uh, for seven years, and uh, in in 1984, they uh, turned to me and uh, said, uh, we want you to do the play-by-play, and uh, the the good news is that I'm still doing it and loving 
every minute of it. Now, you do other sports as well. Our listeners, they recognize, I mean, the NFL is huge here, as you know. It's huge everywhere. You still do games on Sundays as well as part of the, or the NFL packages as well. Did you- yeah, I still do. Not as many as I as I used to. There was a period of time when, when Fox got the NHL uh, national contract in 1995, I was one of part of the broadcast teams. Mike Emmerich worked with my uh, great friend and uh, partner for 20 years, John Davidson, and I worked with Joe Micheletti. We were the top two broadcast teams on Fox Hockey. And then in 1997, they asked me to be uh, kind of the swing guy in football. A couple of years after that, they they put me on uh, a full schedule of games. But uh, after a while... It got tough to balance doing football games. I could only miss, by contract, I could only miss up to eight Rangers games. So uh, it was always tough balancing the schedule of both. And uh, I've gone back to being a swing man and doing about seven or eight games uh, every season. What, uh, we'll get to the hockey in a second. In terms of the, the, the NFL play-by-play, is there one specific game that you look back and go, man, that was an you know an incredible game I broadcast. <laughs> For me, I, I it's it's uh, I've got to think back to a game where Atlanta, with Michael Vick at quarterback, uh, played at Pittsburgh, and the game ended in a 35-35 tie. Uh, that was an awesome game. And actually, this past season, I had a game that ended in overtime uh, with New Orleans winning in Atlanta, uh, believe the final score was 38-35 or might have something like that. But, uh, you know, when you have a game that's got so many great plays and so many great players, but I think back to that, uh, that time with Michael Vick in Atlanta and playing in Pittsburgh and the Steelers were an outstanding team at the time. There was a uh, 35-35 tie. Uh, something that doesn't often happen. Rangers television play-by-play voice Sam Rosen, Bob Stauffer with you in order sales. So, Sam, in football, you have the play, and then the analyst gets the opportunity to kind of explain what happened. Conversely, in hockey, it's a little bit different because of the flow, and I know on TV you can work the analyst in a little bit more, but it is a little bit different sport to call, isn't it? Oh, totally, Bob. You know, with football, as you just pointed out, Everything's very structured. Uh, call the play, uh, run, uh, run, gain, gain of five yards or a pass, gain of 12, and then the analyst takes over and draws on the telestrator and tells you what happened on the play, and bingo, now it's my turn. It's the first and 10 or second and five, whatever it is, and it's very structured as far as the telecast goes. Uh, the hockey is, as you said, it's free flow. And you, uh, for me, I'm always concerned about, okay, who's on the ice? Who's coming on? Who's coming on? Where are the changes? I want to make sure I know who's on the ice at all times. And then uh, trying to get the analyst in. But I think that's changed a lot in recent years where because we're talking about TV and because the game is easier to view on HD and widescreen TV, um, the analysts can go a little more uh, at length and in-depth while the play is going on because you can see the play 
and the analyst with somebody that, that I've worked with now for 13 years, Joe Micheletti, prior to that, John Davidson for 20 years, uh, they know when to, when to get out. Uh, they, they can see a play developing, and they know when to stop uh, the story that they might be telling because uh, a scoring chance is coming up. So uh, there's, a, there's a good uh, feel between an announcer and an analyst on these games when you've worked with somebody for a long time. Yeah, radio, obviously, I mean, I work with Jack, and uh, less, I'm from the less is more school with color guys. It's it's tough some nights, but you know what? Radio, you're the eyes and the ears. you got to be 90% when you're the play-by-play. Hey, let's just, if we could, the New York Rangers just celebrated uh, the 1994 Stanley Cup championship. I know you and John emceed that event. How, how great was that for you guys to be a part of that night? It was absolutely awesome, Bob, to have virtually the entire team uh, was back there. The only people missing, Brian Noonan, uh, came to the team dinner the night before, couldn't be at the on-ice ceremony at a, a uh, prior commitment, a coaching commitment uh, that he had to get to in Chicago. And then uh, Alexander Karpovsev, who was killed in a plane crash in 2011, but his wife and daughter were there representing him. But other than that, every player from that championship team was there. It was great to see them. Uh, it was great to have the great stars. And, of course, Mark Messier walk out on the ice. Uh, General Manager Neil Smith was there. Mike Keenan, the coach, was there. The assistant coaches, the training staff. It was uh, a special time uh, to have that reunion. And, uh, you know, when you're here in Edmonton, you know there was a great, great yes. Uh, Edmonton commitment to the Rangers. Uh, we had a lot of the the great Oilers players uh, on that team. Uh, Kevin Lowe was, was there, and uh, Adam Graves had played here, and Glenn Anderson had played here, and Craig McTavish, uh, and of course, the great Mark Messier, and, uh, and Jeff Bookaboom, I don't want to forget him. So there was such a, a, an influence, Oilers' influence, on that Rangers championship team. And uh, whenever you come, you, you realize that you remember how great those players were. I hope it doesn't go 54 years in Edmonton. You know, uh, we're, out, we're getting up. They're up to 28 now, back to 1990. Sam Rosen's joining us, Sam. You're a Brooklyn guy. Can you maybe just educate our listeners on what it meant to let market to see the Rangers win the Cup, uh, led, of course, by Mark Messi and all those great ex-Oilers. You know, Bob, uh, it's, there's nothing like it. When you win a championship in New York, uh, you are a hero uh, forever. And fans remember uh, the players and what they did and what they went through to win the championship. But when you think of the Rangers... And uh, the agonizing years, 1940, was always the chant when we went to, uh, to play the Islanders on Long Island. Uh, the, the derisive chant of 1940 was thrown at the Rangers. And uh, the years that they came close, 1950, they lost in double overtime in Game 7 to Detroit. 1979, they won Game 1 uh, against the Montreal Canadiens and then lost the series in five. And backing up, they lost uh, to the Boston Bruins in 72 on home ice. They, the Bruins skated around with a Stanley Cup. So 
those years of coming close and having teams that uh, they, they brought in stars, some past their prime. They were always trying to find that magical formula. And finally, when Mark Messier came to the Rangers, uh, he was uh, the true champion. He, was, he became the true leader and embraced the city and embraced the challenge of winning the Stanley Cup, and he led the team to it. All right, well, let's get to the here and now, because uh, I think from afar... The Rangers are trying to do something that maybe they haven't always been able to do, and that's do a bit of a rebuild under general manager Jeff Gordon. They've got a new head coach, David Quinn. How would you assess how things have gone so far this year, Seb? I think uh, they've done pretty well. Uh, They're sticking to the game plan. Uh, We saw that at the trade deadline. Uh, The team has played around NHL 500. They uh, they compete hard at virtually every game. Uh, they're in games. They've played 37 one-goal games. Uh, they've played 19 games that have gone to overtime. Uh, it's a team that uh, has worked hard, as at times has played very well. Uh, before the trade deadline, they had an outstanding top line of Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider, and Matt Zuccarello. Matt's was traded to Dallas. Uh, they've tried other combinations that really haven't worked as well. But uh, they're, And they're incorporating young players, players that they have drafted and players that they've acquired in deals. And those uh, are the players that they envision being the core of the future. They're playing a 19-year-old in Philip Heedle, a 20-year-old in Brett Howden, a 21-year-old in Leah Anderson. He'll be a scratch tonight, but uh, a lot of young players. They acquired Brendan Lemieux, 22 years old, in a trade with, with Winnipeg. They've, uh, Pavel Buchnevich is a, little, a couple of years older than that, but the core is young, and even their best player, because Zibanejad is only 25 going on 26. So they've stuck with a plan. They had two first-round draft picks in 2017, uh, Heedle and Anderson, both who played on this team this year, three first-rounders from last year, and they hope to have one of those players, at least one, uh, 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 Vitaly Kravtsov, from, uh, who played in the KHL this year. They hope he'll come to the Rangers and have a chance to make the team next year. They And again, this year, they'll have at least two first-round picks and maybe more, depending how things uh, go. They've got Tampa Bay's second-round pick. If the Lightning win the Stanley Cup, that second-round pick becomes a first-round pick. So they've traded well. They've drafted well. They're looking for to incorporate youth. But I think uh, it'll take patience. But in a couple of years, they hope to be uh, a contending team. From a slightly myopic Edmonton perspective, how has Ryan Strom played since going to New York? Ryan Strom has been good. He's been a good acquisition. Uh, he's turned into right now, uh, when we traded uh, Kevin Hayes to Winnipeg, Ryan Strom has become the basically the second-line center. And it's been Strom playing uh, with Jesper Faust on the right side, Vlad Nemestikov on the left. The last game they moved Nemestikov up with Zibanejad, again looking for uh, improvement on the top line. But I think you'll see that line back together again tonight. They've been a, a real good combination. Not big scoring, 
but uh, doing all the all the little things you need to do, good on face-offs, aggressive on the forecheck. When they're playing in the other team's uh, zone, uh, in their offensive zone, the other team's defensive zone, they're very effective and they're very quick on the forecheck. And Ryan Strom has been uh, a good addition for the Rangers. He's been a good fit. Lundqvist has got two more years left in his deal. He is the king. Uh, uh, is this a player that needs to be a career ranger? Uh, he wants to be. Uh, he's had the opportunity. If he had asked uh, for a trade, they would have found uh, someone to trade him to. He wants to stay with the Rangers. I think he uh, he's basically uh, devoted to the team and the city. Uh, he's been there for 14 years. He's had a great uh, career. He is uh, one win away from 450. He is sixth all-time in wins and continues to move up. And I think uh, he has embraced this transition. But not only is it a transition for the organization, but he understands where he's at. He just turned 37 a couple of weeks ago. But he keeps himself in fantastic shape. He works as hard as anyone uh, to keep himself in great shape and work on his game. And I think he's got a couple of good years left in him. And I think he's hoping that that will include one more run at the Stanley Cup. Sam, we'll leave you with this. We're getting uh, texts uh, from uh, some of our harshest critics on the show. They're loving hearing you. Thank you for taking time to join us on Oilers Now. Bob, it's a pleasure. Always good to be with you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. That is Sam Rose, and it's 151 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick time up, wrap up with this day in Oilers history when we return. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. This text comes in. Hey, Bob, uh, great interview. Love Sam's voice. Mr. Uh, Rosen uh, oozes class. Great interview with Sam. What a well-spoken gentleman. Generally, uh, genuinely a great broadcaster. That out of Red Deer as well. Another text mentions to me uh, from Pat. He says, Bob, today's the 21st anniversary of the EIG meeting purchase clauses to buy the orders from ATBs led by Cal Nichols, the orders were saved. Well, if you listen to the show, you know my belief. Cal Nichols should be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. We'll wrap up the show with this day in orders history. It's brought to you by New West Travel. 
It involves the Oilers and the Rangers on this day, 2003. What happened, Brendan? Well, the Edmonton Oilers traded winger Anson Carter and defenseman Alice Pisa for to the Ranger, Rangers rather for winger uh, Radic Dvorak and defenseman Corey Cross. Bob, I was on the air that day at another station, and we got Corey Cross on the air, and I wasn't smart enough to ask for Radic Dvorak because they were both at the airport. Uh, the lessons you learn. Uh, yeah, it was great having Sam Rose on, first-class guy, absolutely. Tonight, face-off show, 5.30, Oilers and the Rangers, 7 p.m. puck drop tomorrow. Stoffer Inspector for the 7,000 men and women who work in the Alberta horse racing industry. We'll also have Brent Sutter on out of Red Deer as the Oil Kings play the Rebels. Up next, the news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 chat afternoon news with Jalen I and Andrew Gross. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.